0: Greetings, Crosspoint Church, and welcome to all of you who are joining us today for this online service. I hope you're finding time to catch our daily Facebook message. I started that and did the original two or three, and since that time, uh, I've been joined by several of the staff members, and now we're reaching out, and Crosspointers, all kinds of Crosspointers are appearing there and sharing with you daily, so plan to join us. I'd just like to remind you in these days of social distancing and isolation uh, to reach out and grab every little pleasure that comes your way. As I was this past Thursday morning, raining, dreary, dark day, and I was preparing for this day, preparing this sermon and walking around the house as I was doing that, my home, and I glanced out the window, and this, and there, maybe eight, ten feet from me, just, just beyond the window a bit, was a, a beautiful little, I'm guessing a goldfinch, yellow bird with his black wings. And, and I f- found myself just staring in amazement at him. I tried to hold still so he wouldn't see the movement and go. Found myself whispering the words, come closer. Not sure whether I was talking to the father or to the bird, and he did. And, as, and I was, just as I was enjoying this brief moment, uh, five of his friends came and joined him too. I think most of the friends maybe were females. Of course, the male of the species, quite unlike the human species in the bird, uh, in the bird kingdom, the male species is the prettier. And uh, anyway, it was just a, a moment that on a dark, dreary day, I just enjoyed that brief moment. So, I'm encouraging you to do that during these days of isolation. Reach out and grab every little pleasure that's there to be had. Let's speak to the Father, and then we'll go right to the message. Father, as we go to your word today, I ask that you once again would you help us to have open ears, open hearts. May this message today fall on good soil. I pray and may we be of a mind to hear the truth and obey the truth speak to us all today in Jesus name I pray amen. Are you familiar with the events of that first Palm Sunday that was the day that Jesus received a hero's welcome into the city of Jerusalem. The story is recorded in in Luke chapter 19, but rather than read the story to you today, which is quite lengthy, let me tell you the story instead. As Jesus entered the gates of the city on that day, the crowd cut down palm branches and waved them in celebration of Jesus' arrival. Others took off their outer cloaks and laid them on the ground for the donkey that Jesus rode on, for for that donkey to walk on. Others laid their palm branches on the ground to form a royal carpet. A shout went up from the crowd, Hosanna, which means save us. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Every heart leaped with joy and and swelled with expectation on that day, but as incredible as it seems, Sunday's king turned out to be Friday's crook. Just five days after being welcomed to Jerusalem as a king, he was crucified on a Roman cross as a criminal. Who? Who would have believed it? What an astounding turn of events. On Sunday, they made for him a carpet of palm branches. And on Friday, they made for him a crown of thorns. On on Sunday, they shouted, Hosanna. Five days later, on Friday, they shouted, Crucify. On Sunday, the highest honor. On Friday, the ultimate disgrace. It's hard to get your head around this story. These these events are difficult to understand. And yet, there are some life lessons I see here in this story for you and for me. And I want to share with you this morning what I'm simply calling three life lessons not easily learned. And here's the first it's easy to follow a winner. It's easy to follow a winner. It's not just Luke now who tells the story of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem that Sunday. Actually, three of the other gospel writers, that would be Matthew, Mark, and John, also tell the story. And and other of the gospel writers share details that Luke doesn't. Matthew tells us, Matthew chapter 21 and verse 8 says, A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road and cut branches and cut and spread them in the road. It it, it was their way to celebrate this well-known miracle worker. They were were wondering. the, The people in the crowd, of course, were wondering: could this be our future king? Is this the one who's going to deliver us from Roman rule? Now, Matthew then goes on to say, the whole city was stirred. Disciple John, in his gospel, quotes the Pharisees, who would be Jesus' most vicious opponents. He quotes them as saying, look how the whole world has gone after him. The Pharisees were greatly troubled, you see, because they assumed that that the thousands who celebrated Jesus' arrival in Jerusalem that, that they were committed disciples, but of course they weren't. You see, what the Pharisees didn't seem to understand was that it's easy to follow a winner. This popular, charismatic dynamic teacher, miracle worker Jesus was easy to follow. But five days later, those envious religious leaders had it their way. And Jesus was crucified to the jeers of perhaps thousands who passed by. And you have to wonder. You have to wonder if some who cheered on Sunday weren't among those who jeered on Friday. You see, it's easy to follow a winner, but Jesus' followers were hard to find come Friday. Even disciple Peter, one of the 12 disciples, and one of the three that would be closest to Jesus, when he was confronted during Jesus' trial, he was approached and someone said, hey, hey, you there, aren't you, I recognize you. You're one of his disciples. And he came back with a response like this. Who me? You're mistaken. You've got me mixed up with someone else. Three times the Bible tells us he was confronted. And three times he denied it. Mark in his gospel tells us that all of his disciples deserted him and ran away. They ran for the hills. And when he died on the cross on that Friday afternoon, only disciple John and a handful of of women followers were there at the foot of the cross. It was hard to find a Christ follower on Friday. Oh yes, it's easy to follow a winner, but it's a different matter to follow Jesus when everything seems to be going south and times are tough. Singer and gospel writer Gordon Jensen penned the words to this gospel song. It's not hard to believe when things are going well and skies are sunny. When it seems you're making progress, feeling good, living in a time of plenty, but if all that should change, would you still keep the faith? That's the question. Because believing when believing isn't easy, that's the testing. He's making the point that it's easy to follow a winner. And when, hear me now, when we all will win, but like Jesus, There's likely to be a cross before we ever receive the crown. One of the best books perhaps I've ever read in my lifetime would be a book by the the title of it is Bonhoeffer, Pastor, Martyr, Prophet, Spy. And it's the story of German Lutheran pastor and theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer who spoke out against Hitler in the 1930s. And as you know, to speak out against Hitler back in those days of Nazi Germany and against his policies, you risked your life to do that. And when things got tense between him and the officials, his friends advised him, they said, Dietrich, go to America, and you'll be safe there, and he went. But after a few months, he returned to his native Germany. And upon his return, he penned these words, he said, I made a mistake in coming to America. I must live through this difficult period in our national history with the people of Germany. Bonhoeffer returned to Germany, and the Nazis came for him. And they, they imprisoned him and executed him on April the 9th, 1945, just days before the, world, before the war ended. It's easy to follow Jesus. Easy to follow him when we're winning. Not so easy when life is tough. Are you in this thing for life? Are you a lifer? Are you in it for keeps? So that's the first truth. It's easy to follow a winner. Here's the second truth that I think is one of those life lessons that's hard to get a grip on. Here it is. God performs his greatest work in life's darkest hours. And we move ahead. It's Friday now. Jesus was dying on that center cross. Luke records this. By the time it was noon, by this time it was noon, and darkness fell across the whole land until 3 o'clock. The light from the sun was gone. Dark hour. And suddenly the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in the middle. That's God's greatest work. I'll come back to that in just one moment. Then Jesus shouted, Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands. And with those words, he breathed his last. The Gospel of John records Jesus saying at that very moment, it is finished. Now back to that phrase, the curtain in the sanctuary in the temple was torn down the middle. And I say to you, that symbolized God's greatest work. You see the curtain in the temple separated the Jewish priesthood from the common people only the priest could go into the inner temple what was called the holy of holies and then he could only go in one time a year to make a sacrifice for the sins of the people and it, it was as if it was true god was inaccessible to the common man but no longer jesus bridged the gap at the cross. When he died on the cross, he bridged the gap between a holy God and sinful you and me. He became the sacrifice for sin once for all. Now every person has access and can approach God through Jesus Christ. There's no longer any curtain separating us from God. It's gone. Paul, writing to the church at Rome, said it this way, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And that gift that he's referring to was purchased when Jesus died on that cross. Salvation promised way back in the Old Testament. Now it is finished. Do you see it? God did his greatest work in life's darkest hour. The cross was Jesus' darkest hour and that was right then that God did his greatest work on our behalf. Praise his name. Here's a hard, here's a truth hard to learn for you and me. Hear this now. It is also during your darkest hour when God does his greatest work in you and for you. Understand this, hear this. In these In these stressful days, in these difficult days that we're now living in, don't confuse God's ultimate goal with your present circumstances. Don't confuse the two. This was the mistake of those Palm Sunday celebrants. They welcomed Jesus as the present king. They hoped this Galilean miracle worker would now perform what they saw as his great miracle and lead the country to liberation, be their king, and deliver them from Roman bondage. But that was not to be. That was not the plan for then, then. But hear me, it is still God's ultimate plan. One day, one day Jesus Christ will rule planet Earth. And when that happens, all pandemics... All sickness, all disease, all social injustice, all crime. There will be peace. Peace will reign supreme on planet earth. But hear me, there will be some dark hours between now and then. There will be a glad Easter day for you and for me. But before then, you may have some Fridays in your life. Sorry. But do you remember... But do remember this God performs his greatest work in your darkest days. It's it's when the sky is darkest and, and and where when your prayer even seems useless and you can't seem to sense God anywhere present, it's then God is doing his greatest work for you and in you. It's there. It's there, it's then that character develops and faith deepens. Our oldest son, his name is Brock. I can't believe it. He's 49 because in my best days, or maybe it's my worst days, I still think I'm 55, which I'm not. When Brock was born, all those years ago, we experienced some very dark days. He had a surgery at two days another one at 2 weeks multiple trips between here and halifax to the isaac walton Killam hospital another surgery at 9 months another surgery at 14 months the doctor sat us down and said this is a very serious surgery he was he was preparing us in case we lost we were, he thought we might lose him but you know what Looking back, I realize now God was God was up to something in our lives, in Brock's life during those dark days. He's been now a pastor these 22 years. Shediac Baptist, where he served about 10 years, went from uh, a, a group of about 30, mostly seniors, to a thriving church over 100. Today, he's pastoring New Hope Church in Moncton, and they're about to open a 250-seat church there. God was... God was busy doing a great work in our darkest hour, in our family. And it's true for you. Even if you can't see it just now, it's true. And here's the third life lesson that's difficult, hard to learn. Here it is. One more lesson. When facing your dark hours, when facing your dark hours, reach out to someone in need. Matthew 21 records the event. Now it's Monday. Okay, Jesus came into the city on Palm Sunday. One day later, it's Monday. That's three days before Jesus' arrest. That's four days before he was crucified. And keep this in mind, Jesus knew what was coming. Jesus was fully man, but he was also fully God. He knew what was ahead. He had been telling his disciples for months, I'm going to Jerusalem, and when I get there, they're going to kill me. And still, on that Monday, that very Monday, while the chief priests were scheming and they were, uh, on how they were going to take him and kill him, while there were storm clouds on the horizon, what did Jesus do, you think? He kept right on doing what he had always done, he kept right on thinking of others, he kept right on doing for others. Matthew, in his gospel, tells us, Matthew 21, verse 14, the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. Isn't that amazing? Here's Jesus on death row, and giving and giving of himself to others, focused still focused on the needs around him, now here is a truth, not easily learned and too rarely practiced by believers in our day. The human inclination, when we're experiencing dark hours, the, the human inclination is to withdraw human inclination is to become contemplative and perhaps to consider one's trouble or even to seek out support and advice. And all those things I just mentioned are good things. But hear this truth today. It's a truth not easily learned. The best therapy for Christ followers when the sun refuses to shine for you, the best therapy, when things are not going well, the best thing for you to do when you're experiencing a Friday in your life, the best thing you can do is to reach out to someone in need. It's the last thing you feel like doing and it's, and you feel like you have nothing to give. Maybe one of the best examples of that is Paul the Apostle in a Roman prison waiting for his own execution. What is he doing? He's writing encouraging letters to churches in Galatia and Ephesus and Philippi and Colossae. And he writes words like this, Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. On May the 3rd, hundred and eighty. Candace Leitner's 13-year-old daughter, Carrie, was killed by a drunken hit-and-run driver in Fair Oaks, California. The 46-year-old driver, who had recently been arrested for another driving-under-the-influence hit-and-run, left Carrie's body at the scene. Only a few hearing my voice on this day can comprehend the overwhelming Grief that enveloped Candace during those days. But in, the, but in the midst of her darkest hour, just four days after the tragic death of her daughter, she founded MAD, Mothers Against Drunk Driving, an organization birthed to stop drunk driving and also to reach out and support victims. Hear me this day. When facing your dark hours, when facing your dark hours, it's then you need to reach out to someone in need. These days are dark days for many. The uncertainty that we're facing. Every day we we get up and we wonder what the news will be today. What twist, what turn might COVID-19 take in our own land? So we all deal with the uncertainty. Stress for many is high. Many in our community are suffering, suffering under financial pressure because of salary loss. Depression is a problem for some listening to my voice today. Here's my message to you. When, when, when you're in your own dark hour, reach out. Reach out to someone in need. Use your phone, Facebook, Messenger, text them, and even even in these days, when you're out in your car to get groceries anyways, stop by someone's house, toot the horn, and when they come to the window, wave. That's a more significant connection in these days than perhaps you think. Nothing revives your spirit, restores your soul, and energizes your body like reaching out to, to help someone when you yourself are facing hard times. Three life lessons not easily learned. The first, it's easy to follow a winner. I urge you, hold steady. Keep the faith during these days. The second life lesson, God performs his greatest work in life's darkest hour. That's true for you personally, but further than that, I believe that in our day, God is up to something. Perhaps this is a time when there will be a great spiritual awakening across our land. Even in the dark times, God is always up to something. And the third life lesson, when facing dark hours, your own dark hours, reach out to someone in need. Will you do it? Will you do it today? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word, sure and certain, always relevant to us every day, sharper than a double-edged sword, able to pierce to the quick. May, Father, the truth today go forward and find root, find healthy soil today. I pray for those hearing my voice this day. Father, let us All be determined to hold steady and to keep the faith regardless of what is ahead. And Father, help us to realize during dark days, you're always up to something in our life, in our church, in our community, in our world today. And Father, help us to realize that we are to be light and salt in this world today. Help us to be in the business of reaching out to those around us that are in need. This we pray in the strong name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior.
1: Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for this Palm Sunday service. We're really excited that we're going into Holy Week right now. Uh, We're excited to be able to share in Good Friday together. And something kind of unique in this season is that we're going to do communion together, but remotely. So this week, if you're going to pick up your groceries... Make sure that you have bread and grape juice and uh, and we, we're really excited to join you for that. We also want to thank you for faithfully giving in this season. There are several ways that you can give. Uh, one of them is if you're using envelopes uh, with cash or check, uh, there's ways that you can set it up to drop it off at the office. Uh, you can use the debit machine here. We can schedule a time for you and as well as you can set up uh, pre-authorized giving so that the, that's really contactless and it's uh, really easy to do. And last Last but not least, it's super easy to use e-transfers in this time. Many of you have already switched to that, and so you can continue to do that. You can contact the church at office at crosspointchurch.ca, or you can go to our website, crosspointchurch.ca. give